Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Investing Talk. This is Aurelien. I'm here with Glenn, glennsutherland.com. Glenn has a course about investing in the US and Darcy, darcywhite.ca. Uh, Darcy um, has a website and a blog where he dives into deeper into the conversations we have on the podcast. And I now organize events here in London, um, the Rex, RECC, Real Estate Coaching Circle. And yeah, they are free and um, we try to provide as much value as possible. And um, uh, they're nicely growing. So today's talk is going to be about a question that came up at one of the meetings. A student was there from um, Fenchak College asking, "What? how can you start when you have nothing? So, Ari, I'll pose sort of the question back to you, <laughs> but because um, I know who your guests were. Um, okay. Did they field this question like during the thing? Because I know the one of the main guests has that. That's his whole story. So was that part of the, the, the meetup you had? Yeah, so we had we happened to have a, a guest who started like that, but uh, no, that was a genuine question. You know, they were in groups, groups of four, and they were discussing a, a mastermind uh, that I organized. And then, uh, then one of the students came up and said, "Yeah, after the, after the talk, actually, he asked, uh, yeah, how what what about me? You know, how can I start with nothing? Because he thought, I don't know, he must have thought that." Um, uh, the the guest uh, had already uh, experience or but so he was like yeah I, okay. I have nothing not even a coach okay. not even okay. so well, one of us let's start us with a point let's start with an idea what did he approached you directly Ari so what was your first response so the group discussed uh, uh, bird dogging and uh, oh. and uh, that's exactly what. Um, uh, so basically, uh, it's finding deals for others, and that's um, so one way of doing it. You can you can knock on doors and look for properties or apartment buildings that look like they're not ta being taken care of. Typically, um, uh, a landlord will stop paying for lawn for lawn removal, lawn um, lawn care before they stop paying the mortgage. So that's a good indicator that maybe there is a an opportunity there so that's so you can find deals is one of the things i was i would suggest so but you need so you need to find those deals once you have those deals you need to you need to find somebody to buy them off of you like it's called wholesaling and so you need at least a network of people that you know can close on those deals so it's good to start and i think it's good to start also with the end in mind like know the criteria of the persons you you are uh, looking for deals for and all you need at this stage is just uh time so you have time and a little bit of courage you know to uh not be too fearful of rejection so that you you knock on doors get phone numbers and then make some phone calls you have a phone so so you can make the phone calls or send text messages and then you find those deals, and and I my other suggestion would be oh we, we gotta go around we gotta get everybody's opinion on this bird dog thing. We'll come back to you for the next one. Sorry, I'm gonna cut you off. Okay. I'm gonna make sure we go in a circle here and get all everyone in here. Okay, um, okay. Darcy, you ever done any bird dogging or any experience on the bird dogging? Yeah, yeah, maybe yes, because that's the general partner in a deal. So this would be you know going back to probably when we brought, bought the Maple Glen apartments or the Royal Alexander apartments, or sorry, Royal Windsor apartments in Windsor, um, I found the property. 
Um, and there's no way I could close on it. Uh, we needed $850,000. I had uh, about a quarter of that, uh, but not enough to close. And certainly not enough to recapitalize it and sustain it. So I brought a property to others. Now, what I had behind me was 10 years experience in commercial property management, um, a history of cleaning up multi-res within the Eidenberg Properties portfolio, and one in that market. I had uh, just finished cleaning up a 17-unit apartment. So, and I had two under contract. And I what I brought to them, what I brought to this small group of investors was here's an opportunity. So I had, I had history, and yeah. I knew these people well, um, and I could point to my history and a successful track record. So yeah, I've done that. Uh, I say that's that's a fantastic way. But yeah. you know, I had more resources than zero, and so that's a, I've done it, but it, you know, I was in a different place in the cycle. Yeah, no, I've had the same thing where I've had um, people approach me. They're like, "I want to, I want to be part of GMA, right?" Like, I literally yeah. have had this call. I want to be part of GMA. How do I, how do I get in this? I'm like, uh, yeah. you know, I have a ton of single family. How do I get into this bigger stuff? I want to be part of your group. I understand what you guys are trying to do. Um, how do I get in? And yeah. um, honestly, I was like, you already are working in the markets that we're in. Find me a deal that we couldn't find ourselves um so i don't want like an mls or you know something that's just sitting out there right really easy knock on some doors like are you saying that's why i'm going with the bird dog theme knock on some doors call some apartment building yeah. owners find us a building and that can be your part of your contribution and we'll find you a job inside of this organization as well right and you could that could be why we're bringing you on right the hard part is if i went to my partners i'm like i want to bring this guy in because he's a good guy it that's a hard sell <laughs> right it's like or like what what do you what are you bringing to the thing and what, what people could bring is being the bird dog right um finding the property um <clears throat> the thing is with the single families um bird dogging can go a couple different ways the least the way i look at it so i pay a lot less for a bird dog than a wholesale um, and so what the difference is, is someone just goes and gives me, hey, they driving around, they're local to that area. They drive around, give me a list of a bunch of properties that had high grass. And I have to make the phone calls. I have to talk to the owner, find the owners, talk to the owners, do all the work. You know, typically I'm going to pay them like 500 bucks because just for sending me some addresses to some, some leads, right? If I buy the property. Whereas if they go and do the work, they find the property that they talk to the whole, the buyer or so, so the seller put it under contract and are trying to assign the contract, they will get paid a lot more, which would typically be five, even $10,000 because they've done the work. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. <clears throat> yeah. In my case, I wasn't really at zero. We're talking like, how do you go from the ground up from zero, right? From no money. What are you adding to us? And again, that Glenn's thing is you got something that nobody else has. You put yeah. time into having something nobody else has. And what is it? Um, what's that triangle, Ari? I, I think we've all read the same sort of books. It's time, um, knowledge, deal, and, and the deal. Yeah. And I yeah. think sweat equity. Yeah. The other the other way you can go about this is, uh, and that's why I believe so much in uh, in person events or networking events in general. Uh, you wanna you wanna partner with people, so. If you have nothing but you have time on your hands and and you can you can you can you can work so you can either find the deals find creative ways to find deals or partner with other people where you you're the one doing the i don't know the you can be the you know setting up the managing the renovations if it's a renovation project 
if, if relations are involved. And then you find somebody with money, the money partner, somebody with experience, the experience partner. And then and then you find the deal and then contribute the equity if the other two don't have don't have the time. And that's a good way to get your first deal done. And then you can get a second deal done. And then after a while, you know, you're the one you become the one with the experience. And then mm-hmm. and then at the end, you'll be the one with um, the money, hopefully. Yeah, partnering with people. Yeah. It seems to me though, we underestimate time in in lots of ways. Mm-hmm. So typically I get these kind of questions where people are in a in a big hurry they underestimate how much time it takes to create wealth so they want to be get, get rich quick so when you talk about timeline that's 18 months to three years which in the big scale is not that long if you have a reasonable project it's going to take time i, I know you guys do single family flips but for me an apartment building um, it's going to take 18 months to two years and to show the proof of it, it's going to take three the third year uh, so that's the kind of time scale that i'm generally working with and you're working feverishly through those times it's not like you're just waiting you're working every day on the project um we underestimate uh that kind of time that it requires to create wealth that wealth cycle we think it's faster than it is it's not it's always slower typically we also underestimate what other people's time is worth we think their time is worth nothing but we tend to be a little bit selfish or we're just hard to see beyond our own urgency but other people's wealth time is worth very little, so we waste it, uh, and we overestimate our own value, our own time value. Um, mm. I've got lots of people that come to me, and they think they're worth a lot, and I think you're very replaceable on an hourly basis. Why? Why would I give you equity in a deal? Um, you're not bringing anything to it. Your time and experience is very low. You could. I could burn loads and loads of your time with very little value. Um, and it's you don't tell people that straight up. You just kind of say, mm, I don't think it's right for us. I don't think this is the right thing for us right now. And you you let them off easy, but you don't tell them, listen, you're not adding much. You're overestimating your value to this process and underestimating, underestimating mine. Um, so I think the so, key to this is yeah. you need to f- add value to somebody mm-hmm. else somehow. You need to add value. Yeah, yeah. So I've had uh, some people I brought into my organization who've been students. Um, They understood how I do stuff. And I had uh, like, they literally just approached me and be like, Hey, you know, know, what are you working on? Can I help you? And um, sometimes it was just like tedious work. Um, Sometimes it could be, um, you know, all kinds of Excel stuff that I've brought people in, not necessarily into deals, but maybe giving them some free coaching or something in exchange, right? There's a win-win for everybody. Um, but the one that I'm thinking of, uh, he's like, what's, what's eating up all your time? And I was like, deal analysis. And he's like, what about if I came in, you gave me a slice of the, the, the flip or the burr or whatever, a, a small slice of it. And I did the underwriting for you. And then you checked it over just to shorten the process. So he was bringing value. And once I was like, yes, this works for me. Um, there is enough money in this project to bring another person in. And we went with that, right? And it made sense. It made sense to me. <clears throat> for me. It made sense for them. It was a win-win. They're now involved in a lot more projects that they'd be in, right? And uh, I think we've talked about this a thousand times on here, but it's typically it's a lot better to get a slice of uh, what? How do they? How do the? How, what's the saying go? Uh, you know, a slice of the uh, something versus a hundred percent of nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. 
So they 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 work them, you know, they work themselves in because they did the work. They're they're bringing mm -hmm. some value, and they're going to get a lot more out of this. They're going to be, yeah. you know, as these projects finish, is they're going to start getting regular paychecks from it, right? Yeah. Well, I've I've got an idea to share with you, starting okay. from that same basis, because again, you're going to have to show some value and add something that nobody has. So there's a there's a group in a in a Canadian city. And what they're doing is they're going back to um, stratified properties, small apartment buildings, typically between 15 and 30 units. And they're going back to the these buildings that are 40 years old. In Western Canada, the boom in construction happened in the late 60s, early 70s, when they had the MERB project, um, incentives from the federal government to build subsidized rental housing. And there's some series of tax and incentives and things to make this reasonable for the building trades to get involved. And a lot of the Western Canadian apartment buildings were built in that time period. Now, many of them are exhausted and they've been mined. They need recapitalization. And a bunch of them in the 2000s were converted to stratas because they would have a lower property tax bill. So it became more efficient to hold a bunch of them. And you could sell them off at, at individual units. So someone would buy 20 at kind of wholesale costs and then they'd sell 20 units at retail and they'd make themselves five to ten thousand dollars per suite and you know go on so the bunch of them now they're exhausted that process and they haven't been recapitalized in 25 years but when you look at inflation of construction costs new stuff is now costing 600 700 a square foot to build but you can buy these used ones at 70 to 90 to 100 dollars. so at 20 percent 30 percent of con new construction. Now the rents are half what the others are, but there's good money to be made in refurbishing used stock. So what I would do is uh, if I had time and I didn't have money, I'd get my real estate license or my property management license or something like that, or an appraising license. None of these things are university degrees. You can do them within six months. Within a year, you could be a licensed, although junior and dead green member of these different groups. But you would be beside or adjacent to where the properties you want and the money you want to be a part of are existing. Investors, real estate, property management, realtors. In that network, you're going to find deals. You're going to be adjacent to the people buying. And to quote Arnold Schwarzenegger's new book, be useful. Have something to add to this deal. Bring a property, bring some sweat, bring some expertise, bring some insight, knowledge, or something. If you were to do that and bring that to any investor, and it was well-proven and you did your homework, you would find yourself in a deal. Most realtors get into these deals because they leave their commissions in. They leave they leave their percentage in. Hmm. It it helps out the, the investors. It brings down the purchase price. And you get 2 or 5% of the deal. A lot of 5% can add up. And it doesn't take away from your what you have to feed your family with. You know, leave a couple of deals, leave your money in a couple of deals every year. And over time, you will slowly build equity and wealth um, and prove yourself useful. And you're in the business. I, you know, if I were starting from zero, and that's essentially what I did. I started managing my father-in-law's property. I made myself useful by cleaning it up, sorting out the tax issues, uh, extending the leases, fixing the buildings. And then eventually I bought out the properties. It takes time, though, like I said prior to an earlier conversation, you underestimate how much time. And 24 years later, 
I'm still in this business. It's not like I retired in five years and I'm in Belize. That didn't happen quite that quickly. But that's what I would do. One thing you just said there too is <clears throat> you're getting all this license and you're mingling with the right people. Mm -hmm. And even you may not know the opportunity that could happen, but just getting yourself in the correct room um, can yeah. lead to opportunities to be part of things. Some You yeah. don't know what they need until you're around them. Absolutely. Uh, music theater folks will love the reference that Glenn just made to Hamilton, the musical. You're in the room where it happened. If you're not in the room, you're not part of it. You can't be there. If you're if you're a pro, a licensed professional, you're talking to bankers, mortgage brokers, appraisers, all these people. If you you don't exist if they don't know you're there. If you're not in the room, you can't be a part of these deals. You have to find a way to get yourself in the room. Yeah. So I that's what I think. That's what I think. All right. What about the usefulness of meetups? I mean, you're you're a big fan of um, getting people together, having conversations. Yeah, I think it's very important because you, you just said, you know, like you just said, Darcy, uh, you need to be uh, in the room meeting the people that are actually taking action, are involved in the industry. So that's a, that's a great way to network and uh, and meet people to whom you can actually bring value in your community and uh, whatever that, that value is uh, and, and try to be uh, creative and understand, you know, and listen, you know, listen to what they're, what their daily grind is and how you can make that easier. And then that would be true, true value to them uh, based on their uh, objective and their, their daily grind. Uh, you know, how can you make yourself useful and by providing value then, then, uh, then I like the book. Um, I think it's go giver, the go giver where the whole theory is, you know, give, 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 provide value. And then one day, you know, you'll get a, uh, retribution so start with providing value and i think uh, if that's your moral compass that's the that's your uh, axiom that's what you you align your actions with i think uh, you you you'll do well yeah I think with a lot of this it's doing something um adding some value and it compounds over time mm -hmm. um you want to be you know buy some you know somebody was buying a duplex maybe you're like hey i can be the guy to fix this up if you bring me in on the deal which would save them some labor um, I could be the property manager for this property, which would save them some monthly fees, right? Um, you could do some things. Maybe that turns into one, it turns into a refi in two years or a year. Um, and it just, it starts to snowball. And all of these things, they snowball. My uh, my Facebook group, it snowballs. I thought, I don't even need to do a Facebook group. I only started one about a year and a half ago. And uh, first year, it did so good. And then in from the last three months, it's doubled, right? It's it's It gets faster as momentum goes right but you have to start with something you got to yeah. do something and add some value somewhere yeah I, yeah I agree okay well thank you everybody for tuning in hopefully um, you gain some um, ideas on how you could get started with nothing and some hope that it's possible others have done it provide value lead with value uh thank you for tuning in if you have any questions feel free to Email us at advancedreitalk at gmail.com, advancedreitalk at gmail.com, and it will be our pleasure to answer it. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody.